On this week's show, we're closing out our month on excellent sequels with the best Marvel sequel of them all, question mark. I'm Neff Knowles. I'm Laura Medeiros. I'm Roddy Guzman. And I'm Megan Swain. And this is Good With Numbers. So I got a question after I watched this movie. Would you take the super serum? Yes. Well, that was a quick answer. (laughs) (laughs) Hell yeah, dude. Okay. She's been thinking about this. So, I mean, uh, have you guys been watching the show too or? Nope. I have. I'm I'm up to speed on uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Okay. I know of it. I hear the the rumblings of what's been happening. I think I hear the spoiler klaxon. Yep, there it is. So, quick spoiler. One of the things that they they address is the super soldier serum thing and how it enhances everything about you. So if you're good, then you're going to be super good. And if you're not so good, hey there's your opposite. So for me, I would be very curious, A, to see where my moral compass stands, but also B, that means I will never, ever have to struggle with a jar being stuck ever again. And (laughs) both of my problems will be fixed in that. I mean, instant <laughs> there you go that's sound logic for taking it right there see no like i was delighted with this like the later part of your answer but the first part like i just want to take the serum to gauge my own morality was kind of scary <laughs> well i mean listen <laughs> i i would just be curious to know because a lot of people think oh i'm the good guy right i'm mm-hmm. i'm so good i would never do anything bad and that's yeah, i don't think that about you well that thank you <laughs> <laughs> You know, so it's it's everybody in quote unquote or thinks that they're on the right side at the end of the day. So where do I actually stand in that? So then if that's the case, I feel like if I take the super serum, will it just enhance my own anxieties? So that'll be like this <gasps> no, super I didn't think anxious of that. superhero. <laughs> oh my god, I didn't think of that. It's gonna be like, what does Captain America think of me? I don't know. What does he mean by that small quote? I don't know. <laughs> oh that's what god. I was sitting here thinking is like, would I become more neurotic? Would I turn oh, into no. like this? It's like this whole thing of like I think they're talking about me and then with a super serum like oh they are talking about me (laughs) yeah exactly do you have to just take one dose and that's it you're good or is this like a like a fucking insulin thing where I'm gonna have to be continually pumping it into my system on like a weekly basis just walking around with an IV bag nah it's a one and done yeah I mean if it's a if it's a one and done then sure I'm probably gonna take it because I hate routines so if I can just get out of that that's fine Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I know exactly what kind of persona I would have if I took that serum and it's like you say find out if you're good or bad i don't think i'd be necessarily either i would just be kind of a dick to everyone nice but then you'd be like super <laughs> yeah like a super dick to everyone not not like killing people and shit or alternatively saving them or just kind of like you know not holding the door for people and shit things like that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's fair so be like a passive aggressive super soldier yeah i think i'd be the most passive aggressive superhero ever <laughs> Beaut. how about you guys can i have like a trial basis <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it's not amazon prime dude subscribe 
for twelve ninety nine a month. <laughs> so, yeah, just cancel before they bill your fucking credit card. Yeah, <laughs> that would be a wild pitch, though. Just imagine a world or a series where basically, in order to be a superhero, you need to like constantly pay a twelve ninety nine fee every month. <laughs> it's the future of Apple. It's the future of Apple products with like, bi- you know, just like kind of biometric augmentation. Apple are already starting to charge people for podcasts, not our podcast. For you will not pay money to listen to us chat shit mm-hmm. about super serums yeah. yet. Yet. <laughs> I mean, if I woke up looking like Chris Evans, that would be nice. Oh yeah, I mean, th- I mean, that's right. Does it does it change your physical attributes? Um, I mean, yes, it you does. Know. Oh, okay, then yeah, I'm taking that shit right now. <laughs> or wait, no, okay, so it depends on which one because I believe the reason Steve was up to this is in Captain America one is they had a bunch of was it UV rays or something. Like, they just put a bright light on him, and that was to stimulate growth, like muscle growth. Okay. So you would have to have the Steve Rogers experience. So wait, I'm going to have to, like, lie on a fucking tanning bed for a while while I'm taking the super serum? I can deal with that. That's fine. Yeah, it doesn't feel great, apparently. Would you still do it if you came out of it looking like Deadpool? I ain't that far off already, so no, probably, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm I'm on board always. <laughs> and Neth is only fits a uh, one dose thing, which is hilarious. I'm a, I'm a I'm a one and done kind of guy for the super series. What? It's like medication. Screw this. That seems like a lot of maintenance. Two doses of vaccine. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> 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 Chewable vitamins or nothing. Yeah, exactly. Give me my vaccine lozenge. Lindstones, vitamins, but it's vaccine. Orange flavor, great. <laughs> um, welcome to Bad With Numbers, a podcast where we talk about terrible sequels, except this month we're talking about good sequels. And this week we are talking about Captain America, The Winter Soldier from the year 2014, directed by Anthony and Joe Russo. I Straight out of the gate, I need to say I was wrong about this one. Laura, when you suggested this one, I was kind of like, oh, do I gotta watch that again? I don't, ca- I don't care for these Marvel movies that much. Uh, I watched this the other night and I had had a fucking ball with this movie. This movie is great. It's fun. I was, um, it's it's interesting because one of the things is that this is one of the higher, like, highly regarded sequels when it comes to the Marvel movie. Um, I, I mentioned it beforehand, but I am a Iron Man MCU fanatic. Like, I, I love him in the cinematic universe. His sequels? We're not gonna talk about those. Those are not <laughs> those are not great. <laughs> I'll go to bat for Iron Man 3. I think Iron Man 3's got a lot of good stuff going on in it. Iron Man three i don't remember very well because i had pneumonia (laughs) at the time and holy crap it was just after prom like mine and cohen's prom so um i was trying desperately to you know ignore all of my symptoms at the time i was like i gotta go i gotta have my time and then the next day i'm gonna go to the premiere of iron man 3 Mm -hmm. so i ended up going with like 103 fever or something like that and i just remember it just being crazy colorful really big there were so many explosions and me just having a smile plastered on my face (laughs) the whole time being like this is the best movie ever and i don't know whether or not that is actually a true (laughs) testament to how good it is (laughs) i feel like you should watch it again you know probably (laughs) to give it a fair shot right (laughs) 
Yeah, no, I just really, I also enjoy uh, Captain America and like his struggle. And of course, Civil War is is huge in, uh, I guess, that phase of the MCU. Um, So kind of seeing where the tipping point started with Captain America, where he started to kind of understand that it's not just like black or white, good or bad. There's a lot of gray areas and you need to choose for yourself Mm -hmm. and not, you know, just kind of say good is good and don't do bad things like that's not how that works <laughs> for this movie though when it, when it was like captain america like, the winter soldier winter soldier did anyone like was thinking in their heads like i wonder who the winter soldier is did oh, anyone absolutely. no i i already i mean somebody spoiled it for me even before like when this aired it was just one of the ones where you look at it and when you watch it i feel like sebastian stan has like a clearer upper face mm-hmm. that yeah. no matter what <laughs> i'm like it's he's <laughs> pretty recognizable yeah well i mean the thing is is that they they kind of pull a mulan too and if you've ever seen like this specific se- reference. deep reference <laughs> i know i don't i don't get this reference <laughs> this is okay mulan too <laughs> you shouldn't watch but basically spoiler alert i'm just gonna continue with my spoilers here if you ever for some reason want to watch the sequel a uh, sequel to the disney's mulan i mean i never saw the first one so missing out so basically at some point um shang is on a rickety bridge and mulan reaches out and he's like it won't hold both of us and they're over this this huge like cavern and uh he lets go and falls super far (laughs) and all of a sudden you think like he's dead right he's dead there's no way he survived that crash and she's going off to marry some prince so that you know other people don't have to he's a jerk but then shang at the last minute of the ceremony comes bursting in even though for some reason he's alive now and he's like stop the marriage i'm alive and mulan's like oh my god and it's just a horrible sequel but (laughs) shang should have died and it should have been that's it like you really start to think during the movie like oh man disney went there like get it and a sequel really and then all of a sudden they just yeah push through all expectations i've ever had and uh, ruined my first Valentine's Day with Cohen because he does not get over that ever. <laughs> what I heard when you were explaining that story yeah. was that you were a Captain America and a Winter Soldier shipper where you want Bucky to burst into the church and stop <laughs> Captain America from getting married to, I don't know, uh, that the other uh, Carter. <laughs> Agent oh, Sharon, Carter, Peggy? Sharon, no, Sharon oh, Carter, Sh- the younger yeah. one. Yeah, Sharon. No, honestly, like it was, I just, I'm a fan of if you're gonna make it heart-wrenching right and you're going to hurt me so badly as to quote i'm with you till the end of the line and then you're gonna throw bucky out of a train so that he dies keep him dead yeah that's one of the big emotional beats of that first movie um is when bucky buys the farm apparently but but not uh roddy megan did you are you guys familiar with this movie i mean i'm assuming you've both seen this before right uh 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 no this is the first time i've seen it oh really okay yes uh and I literally watched the first one uh, yesterday slash this morning, although I may or may not have been paying full attention to it. <laughs> Ooh, I did the whole before uh, sunset thing with this as well, where I went to the theaters having not watched the first one. <laughs> 
Oh, okay. Yeah, it's just the thing with Marvel. It's one of the ones where, like, if you know the gist of it, you pretty much know enough. It's like the same thing. You don't have to watch every Marvel movie to get Endgame. Just watch the end credits. Uh, well. Disagree. Disagree on that one because I took my dad to go see Endgame after, right? And um, my dad is a very simple dude. Like, you know, not into the big movies, not into everything. But of course, he'll listen to me rant about nonsense all the time. So um, I was like, hey, I want to go see Endgame again. Nobody wants to go with me. Do you want to come down? <laughs> he was just like, yeah, okay. I've been hearing about it on the news. So we sit there and he watches the full movie. And I'm like, what did you think? And he's, it was good. I'm really confused, though. Okay, yeah. fair point. I think with Endgame, you need to have at least seen Infinity War to get some kind of handle on what's going on there, right? Okay. Oh, you, yeah. You, well, yeah. I mean, I, I saw Infinity War, but I'd only seen, like, I don't know, a handful of the Marvel movies before I saw those Infinity War and then Endgame. Yeah. I liked Infinity War because, I mean, it was mostly Guardians of the Galaxy slash Thor, so I was like, okay, I got a handle on this. And then Endgame, I was like, I have no fucking clue what they're referencing half the time here. And then the thing with Captain America at the end, just kind of, I know everybody else around me in the theater was like crying, but I was like, it just kind of pissed me off. I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I was what crying because he didn't save Tony. That's why I was crying. And now having watched the first Captain America movie, I'm like, now I'm just confused because like... Didn't Peggy get married? Yes. I want to I want to fight for this just because I watched I did watch Agent Carter and to know to know the end game for her and yeah. <laughs> I would say Chris Evans because yeah. that's all I can think of right now. Her Chris Evans, I was mad because the whole season, two seasons of Agent Carter is you're shipping this other team, and then all of a sudden Captain America just comes in. How could you compete yeah. with Captain America? Imagine being part of that love triangle. Oh my god! And then in Endgame, he like goes back in time and what hangs out in her basement for like sixty years or something? Because like, where what the fuck was he doing all that time? Right? Because like she was married, and the the other version of him was frozen in the arctic or something and all this other crap is going on like and um what was the other thing oh yeah and it kind of undermines the moment that he has with older peggy on her deathbed like it kind Ooh, of yeah we need to talk about that too it kind of ruins that a little bit i know what he was doing to hide he just puts on a hat and looks <gasps> down <laughs> yes with his big brimmed glasses yeah. right yeah. looking bold that's how you put on disguise everybody you go you put on a hat and you go hang out at the mall that's what you do to disguise yourself apparently. just like in ninja turtles when they just put on those trench coats and nobody seemed to notice that they were turtles <laughs> that didn't wear pants and had like three toes and shit i've probably stated my feelings about marvel movies elsewhere on the podcast but they're fine they're fun yeah for the most part i kind of have a good time when i'm watching them but yeah. they make like literally next to no impression on me the moment those never-ending credits start and look i understand that they get a lot of shit right people like martin scorsese have accused them of not being cinema rude he, yeah i know he kind of walked that back a little bit in a new york times piece that he wrote yeah but even then it was kind of like seen as a battle cry for a lot of people to sort of stand up and rally against these movies and like i like scorsese a lot yeah i like a lot of his films but i'm just kind of a little bit dubious about a guy who made a movie as atrocious as gangs of new york <laughs> <laughs> maybe shouldn't be fucking hucking rocks through the windows of the glass house that he's living in you know mm -hmm, yeah mm -hmm. i mean you you once nath i think you referred to these movies as like theme park rides i and... no, that was scorsese that said that let's not let's oh. not confuse things Ooh. i've said oh, with things sorry. scorsese said <laughs> much as i would love to take credit for some of the shit he's done no that was <laughs> that was him that said i that. 
Oh, okay. All right. I guess you were quoting him at yeah, the time. Yeah, sure. But but they okay. are they are kind of theme park rides, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's I enjoy these two movies, but at the same time, there were aspects of them that was like like the quipping, the constant quipping. I was like, okay, just yeah. Really? <laughs> Enough. No, I just, I don't know. It's kind of like when you watch when, like, a director or even just a movie studio kind of nails a formula and mm. it becomes really popular. And then later on, you go back and rewatch the early versions of that formula. And it's just like, oh, yeah, this. I think in regards to the formula, yeah. I understand maybe why the path they did it because they also had the task of having to introduce new superheroes that no one, like, some people might not even know. And I, and I think to kind of counteract that, if you look at i know i'm going to go there but like the snyder universe because they didn't go that route that kind of shows what happens when you don't have the time to like have a movie for each character and have to shove it all into one and then you get like batman versus superman which is like that movie that's just like i don't know it's a debatable divisive movie (laughs) a lot of the a lot of the kind of quippy stuff feels like it's added in in like a kind of script doctoring process i think you know they yeah exactly they lay the groundwork and then i think somebody comes in and does like a polish on these um, yeah like black widows constantly like how about that girl in accounting it's like oh for fuck's sake i mean i kind of found all that <laughs> stuff quite endearing when i was watching this i thought it was kind of cute that she was like is it like source material with the comic books like i'm not as avid of a comic book reader but are they also naturally quippy depends yeah i think on the on the comic book character and on the writer probably yeah because i know like obviously spider-man huge oh, yeah. on that right yeah yeah he's the king of quip yeah I'm all for Spider-Man being quippy. He's always been quippy. He's supposed to be. <laughs> uh, Tony has always been sassy. Yeah. Is more what I would say. Um, I don't think Cap has ever had this much of a, a character boost in a way. I don't know. Captain America himself isn't quippy, I don't think. I don't think he's kind of, he's not like kind of dropping one-liners and shit like he's in a fucking Arnie movie. Mm-hmm. I like, I uh, I mean, I like uh, Chris Evans in this. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think he does a fantastic job. Also, he adores what a dream i love uh. Ka- <laughs> I, I love chris you can't you can't not like chris evans as captain america he embodies the role like absolutely yeah. yeah and i was kind of thinking about this after i watched winter soldier about chris evans and i was kind of thinking damn he has been likable in a lot of movies um i couldn't think of any bad movies he was in and then i actually went on his imdb and i was like oh shit he's in a lot of bad movies um, he's yep, been in a, he's lot, in a of, lot of movies. He's in a lot of crap, but he seems to have kind of tailed off from a lot of that crap recently. I mean, he's great in he's great in Knives Out. Yes, he, mm. I really dig him in Snowpiercer. I think he's fucking hilarious oh, in Scott Pilgrim. So... Oh yeah, <laughs> I have a soft spot for that movie Push that he did with dakota fanning and jimon hounso mm-hmm. um, i don't know if you guys remember that one it's like the it's another superhero style movie mm-hmm. i kind of feel like that movie's a little bit underrated but then i was looking and he's in shit like fucking what's your number that terrible anna faris fucking rom-com. oh yes he is with also um God, the falcon i didn't realize anthony mackie was in that yeah he is huh. uh he's one of the numbers <laughs> oh okay i don't know he i think what it is too even those movies even though they're like they're bad like chris evans has like a charm to him that you're just like yeah i'll just continue you watch he is the type of actor where it's like some people be like i just feel like watching chris evans so let me just pop this on i think he has the same effect with me as like almost brendan fraser to a, a, a point where it's just like i will watch a lot of shit <laughs> if brendan fraser's in it so yeah he's a he's a fucking charismatic screen presence i don't think we can yeah. do i mean like he makes yeah. movies even movies like um did you guys ever see cellular yep where the how a phone actually works 
is what <laughs> it has no yeah they have no idea how a phone actually works i just can't remember it like but it was also back in the day where like cell phones were still new so you would you have that believe you'd be like yeah cell phone can be like smashed to bits and you just put like two tiny things together and it still works yeah exactly that movie is not great but it is kind of fun and evans makes it like watchable as the lead in that film i just want to see when the fantastic four universe and this universe <gasps> come out. That's right. I mean, he's the most watchable thing in those Fantastic Four movies as well, right? Like, those yeah. movies are kind of garbage, but he's actually pretty likable as the Human Torch. He really is. Which is so weird because that's a complete different character than uh, Steve is. Yeah, I mean, he's the, the Human Torch is like the quippy kind of fucking, you know, freewheeling dude, whereas, you know, Captain America is pretty stoic. And I think, like, my issue with Captain America is I always kind of, like, compared him to Superman. Mm, yeah. And I, I've always, much as I enjoy, like, the Chris Christopher Reeve super or the first two Christopher Reeve Superman movies anyway I've always found Superman to be kind of like so stoically bland and you know just like this kind of moral rock and I always kind of like equated Captain America to being like that but then watching this movie and Civil War it's kind of like oh no this is a guy that has like a set of ethics that he is willing to fucking break laws to uphold those fucking ethics and live by a certain moral code Mm -hmm. and I kind of appreciate that a lot more about the character watching it this round this time around so the whole deal DC versus Marvel kind of, um, I guess, not fight, but debate, um, is when it's Marvel, it's humans trying to be superheroes, and then with DC, it's superheroes trying to be humans, right? Mm. Well, I mean, Superman anyway. Yeah, right? Uh, Wonder Woman, you know, Green Lantern, yeah, that kind of stuff. But when it comes to Superman, it's almost as though you know when he comes in, it's either kryptonite or he kicks ass, right? And like, to me, that was the worst part. So with Cap, you know... He's just so, you don't know. Like, he literally gets shot and does that kill a super soldier? I don't know. I don't know what the rules are, right? All I know is that with Superman, that is it. It's that anything goes unless it's kryptonite. I think for Superman, the only thing that makes him interesting, this is now a tangent, but it's when he loses his moral code. I think that's what makes Superman an interesting story. When, like, because that's... I don't... I... No, it's just more of, like... That's what the angle that a lot of like stories are playing with, and I think it's one that's interesting to see him as a threat, or what happens if what what happens one day if he's like, you know what, humanity kind of sucks. Uh, peace out, like <laughs> that kind of vibe. I uh, watched a little bit of uh, Superman and Lois, the new show, a while back, and that one's actually really good because it's it's again Superman's midlife crisis, but he's raising two kids, one or both of them may or may not have powers in some respect. They've moved out to the middle of butt-ass nowhere. His wife's kind of unhappy a little bit with where they are. Like, it just, it's him juggling superhero work life and home life. Well, you know, because his kids kind of think of him as this inattentive dad. And and he's very, just emotionally vulnerable. And he wants to be there for everybody. And he can't be everywhere all the time kind of thing. And about him making choices. I really like that angle on it as well. And that actually, he was close to kind of Steve Rogers in that, you know he wants to help everybody all the time but he can't you know he can't help everybody mm-hmm. um should we do the box office for this one good lord we haven't done that yet my bad sorry okay so this movie opened on april 4th 2014 it took a massive 95 million in its first three days on its way to 260 million domestic uh, and a worldwide total of 714 million that is a lot of fucking money <laughs> holy yeah. Number two this weekend was Noah, 
the Darren Aronofsky what? stroke Russell Crowe or wait, is it Gerard Butler uh, movie? Was it Noah? Wait, was this like a Noah's Ark thing? Yeah, man. The, do you not remember this one? This is, um, it came out, well, obviously it came out that weekend or the weekend before, sorry. Um, yeah, it was Darren Aronofsky directing. It had Russell Crowe playing Noah, I think. I want to say Jennifer Connelly played his wife in that. I may be misremembering that. I know for sure that Emma Watson is in it. It is wild. It is a very strange film weird thing to make a movie about i don't know i'd be interested to see oh god is is it russell crowe yeah, it is russell crowe yeah. okay <laughs> just like, no wait it's, it's no way it's gerard butler damn it <laughs> no way it's russell crowe <laughs> if it's gerard butler i'll watch it if, if it's <laughs> russell crowe hey no 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 let's not <laughs> let's not fucking put slights on russell crowe have you not seen that movie where he plays the fat guy trying to kill the girl in the car that came out last year what? unhinged holy shit that film is insane Number three that weekend, Divergent, a movie franchise so bland that its own studio couldn't even be bothered to finish it. I have like a vague recollection of that movie, but those dystopian YA adaptations are all yeah, I don't crazy interchangeable. So I might yeah. have been watching a Hunger Games. I don't know. Yeah, I couldn't get into Divergent. I can only do Hunger Games at that time for some reason. Number four is a movie called God's Not Dead, which is one of those uh, pure flicks Christian movies that, that you, got that high up you could not fucking pay me to watch one of those um this one apparently has noted asshat kevin sorbo and dean kane <laughs> in its cast so i guess it's chock full of people that belong in tv in the 1990s yeah mm-hmm. holy mm-hmm. hell um and number five is the only other sequel in the chart that weekend muppets most wanted no <laughs> haven't seen it that one's a lot of fun no that one's fun that's got like a, a really good jermaine clement musical number in it um mm. it's got a really wild cast like i know those muppet movies have a lot of cameos but this one's got like james mcavoy tom hiddleston fucking toby jones who we'll talk about on this episode as well mm-hmm. uh even christoph waltz is in that movie fucking it's nuts mm. and there's no other sequels in the chart unless you count nymphomaniac part two uh the lars von trier movie which is all the way down at number 34 and it doesn't really count because they released it on the same weekend as Nymphomaniac Part 1. Weird. I mean, it was kind of kind of like that movie's like four and a half hours long. So uh, they had to split it into two films and well, make okay. you pay for it twice. Wow. Yeah. Lame. All right, let's get into this movie then. Um, first thing, the Marvel logo. Starting to become kind of iconic and kind of stirring whenever I see it nowadays. It's almost like the Fox logo and the Star Wars fanfare. It's kind of like whenever I hear that Marvel film, I'm like, oh, okay. I'm probably going to have some fun for the next couple of hours. Mm-hmm. Wait, does Marvel have a theme? I just hear, like, flipping of pages. No, they yeah. have, like, that. They they introduced that fanfare around about, oh, like, yeah. sort of the time they got acquired by Disney, I think, so. Oh, mm-hmm. I don't know this. Now I have, to, I have to, like, remember this now. I guess out of all the, this is, like, not just talking about soundtracks, I know, like, people have commented that the Marvel soundtracks are hard to kind of pinpoint how they sound. <laughs> like, if you're, like, sing Captain America's soundtrack, go. Yeah, I mean, I get. I think the Avengers theme yeah. is fairly kind of well known at this point. But no, you're right. The the music's fairly nondescript for a lot of these movies. Like I was going to try to do the Avengers theme, but then as I was doing it, I was like, no, no, no. This is the opening to Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah, mine actually turned into Lord of the Rings. So <laughs> I like the I like that we don't open with any real bombast at the start of this movie. That we've just got Cap running around the Washington Monument. Uh, we get our introduction to Sam Wilson, aka Falcon, here, played by Anthony Mackie. Uh, and this is like a, a nice way to start off their friendship, right? I kind of think this is kind of a nice beat here. It's iconic. 
and delivers later on. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, Sam tells him to listen to the Troublemaker soundtrack by Marvin Gaye so that he can basically catch up on everything he's missed. Um, he could also listen to We Didn't Start the Fire by Billy Joel, just putting that out there. <laughs> but, um, but, but there's this moment where Cap writes this down in his uh, in his list of things that he it. needs to catch yeah. up on. I freeze-framed this list and went through it. So do you guys see what's on this list? He's got I Love Lucy at the top. Okay. That's fair. You need to watch some I Love Lucy. Then he's got the moon landing. Of course. Then he's got the Berlin Wall up and down, which I think is a kind of nice little gag. <laughs> uh, then he's got Steve Jobs, brackets, Apple. I'm thinking, ah, you can just fucking skip over that one. That one ain't that mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah, I saw that. Then number yeah. five is Disco. Also, yeah. eh, you can skip it. <laughs> um, uh, no, you do not mm- skip Disco. Mm-mm. Number six is Thai food, and I'm like, hell yeah. Sure. Get that in you. Um, number seven is Star Wars, but... He's already crossed that off because this is a Disney movie and Star Wars has to come first, right? So, <laughs> Well, did you know that in different dubs, he has different lists? Oh, no, I did not know that. Yeah. So in different areas, like, I, I can't remember whatever language it is, it will actually have um, things on it that will make that audience laugh. Oh, I want to know what was on that list for North Korea. Ooh. Oof. I want to know, like, Britain or Australia, if they had different I mean, I, I'll tell you now that the British one did. The British one was not different. Um, no. Oh, okay. But he also has Nirvana in there at number eight. Definitely should be getting on that, Steve. Mm-hmm. And also Rocky 1 and 2, but not Rocky 4, which I feel like is a cruel diss on Rocky 4. <laughs> the best Rocky sequel. Happy birthday, Paulie. Um, that movie rules. Wait, Laura, so did you research it? So if, if I watch the Japanese version of, like, Captain America Winter Soldier, is his list, like, I don't know, like, anime? And, then, like, <laughs> and, like, and like, I don't know, like, Jiggly Cheesecake? <laughs> Sailor Moon and, like... <laughs> different stuff um it's okay another time another time another time but definitely look it up that's just a a thing that i know and i i don't know what each list is but i remember reading that being like wow that's a detail that like is actually pretty fucking clever i enjoy that it it reminded me of that scene in austin powers (laughs) there's a scene where he's literally uh what's her face walks in and he's literally like watching the moon landing and a bunch of other shit oh yeah and i think the berlin wall was on there too he had i think he also had a list and he was like crossing shit off on it did fucking marvel steal list from fucking austin powers it's just oh kind of i God. think a standard thing when you have a character that's woken up like decades sure. later there's all the crap that they need to catch up on i think it's pretty standard so he gets whisked off on a mission by um natasha romanov by scarlett johansson uh he's on this here he's about to get on this boat that's been hijacked by pirates and here we meet uh frank grillo playing um brock is it brock something Laura, do you know this dude's name? Uh, He's Crossbones, right? He's basically yes, he becomes Crossbones. Yes, it, uh, yeah. a rum, Rumoff or something yeah, like that. Brock Rumoff. That that sounds right. Frank Grillo is kind of a weird one. He's been kicking around in movies for like twenty years. He always seems to end up like playing like an army dude or a grizzled cop. But then every now and again, he'll like pop up in something decent. Uh, he's in a couple of those Purge sequels that are actually pretty good. Um, and he was also in a movie earlier this year called Boss Level with Hollywood's favorite racist uncle Mel Gibson. Mm. That movie's actually kind of fun, even though it's like blatantly stealing its plot from Edge of Tomorrow. 
I mean, mm. basically, Grillo's like the guy that you get when Jason Statham has weekend plans. <laughs> Honestly, I think he was a, a really good... And like, okay, so watching it back, it's so frustrating to watch him um, once you know, like, who he's supposed to be because he did do, like, a pretty good job at just being, like, random CIA agent who's, you know, tough and good and, you know, does his shit. So he was actually one of the ones that fooled me originally when, of course, I was yeah younger. But, you know, I, I liked his character, and especially when he continues on his Crossbones in Civil War, I mm-hmm. like that. That was a cool detail as well. Yeah, I kind of feel like they sold Crossbones a little short in these movies. I would have liked to have seen him have a bit more to do maybe in Civil War. But yeah, it's cool that he's kind of in there. And he's in Endgame as well, right? He's kind of like kicking around in the background of Endgame. I think too. so, yeah. Yeah, in, the, in like the fucking time heist bit, he's there. Um, so yeah, Cap jumps out of this plane without a shoot because he's seen Point Break, I guess. That was on his list as well. Um, <laughs> and then he's like running around this boat like he's playing Hitman, just like fucking stealthily taking out all these pirates. These fights are fucking brutal yeah Mm -hmm. in the uk right they are known for dialing down the sound effects in these films so like the impact hits make less noise so they can get a lower rating so kids can go and watch these movies but i was watching this on disney plus the other night with like the surround sound cranked up and these hits are loud Mm. there is some real bone crunching going on in this movie yeah i I really had to turn the volume up and down a lot uh i just i was like why are the levels so weird (laughs) this movie um but something that i did hear is when they were trying to choreograph uh, choreograph like the fights for cap specifically um they kept in mind that he knew this as a hostage situation so he would not move on to another target unless he knew that the one he was working on was knocked the fuck out Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So it was just like, you know, he doesn't want anybody to jeopardize that. So he needs to make sure that they ain't getting up. And that's, I think, why Cap hit so hard. But it's always so interesting to me to watch how many he can take down without using guns or f- like fatal force or anything if he can. Yeah, I mean, I like that. They, he says that in the first movie that he doesn't like using guns. And I like that they stick to that throughout this film as much as they can. But I mean, he's tossing this shield around and this thing's like made of mm-hmm. what? Vibranium? Yep. Um, he's tossing it around and he doesn't what once take off some guy's head like that fucking kid from hereditary come on yeah (laughs) he he uses it for literally everything in this movie i'm surprised there isn't a scene where he slides down it like a toboggan or something or it is called the winter soldier you expect some winter yeah tiptoes around using it as his only covering for his naked body sorry now i'm just daydreaming okay that took a turn (laughs) he's carrying this thing around on his back like a fucking turtle so you know why is he why is he even wearing in fucking pants no it's fine yeah he doesn't need pants yeah they're not bringing anything to his fucking powers we open on this like wonderful like hot like cool action scene megan he doesn't need pants (laughs) (laughs) well i agree so good on you megan good eye yeah i mean wonder woman doesn't need pants he doesn't need pants exactly um yeah, so he basically they're they're fucking obtaining these hostages, and also Natasha Romanov is there to recover some data on a USB stick. Ah, uh, the old USB stick MacGuffin, don't you love it? Mm-hmm. Yep. And then we get uh, Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury in this movie. Mm. I don't know, man. Samuel L. Jackson kind of feel like he phones it in sometimes in these movies, but I like him in this one. Oh yeah, he he's kind of taken a back seat recently. I mean, he was kind of prominent in Captain Marvel, but that character's kind of not really been. He doesn't play much of a part in the 
the last two Avengers movies either. Kind of feel like if Sam's just getting a little tired of being the highest grossing movie star of all time. <laughs> I think it's more so um, the way that he wrote, uh, or they, they wrote his character. Um, I mean, depending on, on where you're at in the, the like timeline, I guess, after, after this movie, he's supposed to be dead. So he's supposed to kind of like, you know, not be dealing with that. But also at the end of Infinity War, how he calls in Captain Marvel... And that created a lot of questions as to like when was that you know supposed to be used and blah 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 why did she show up in Endgame only and I think that they just kind of were putting him in to to put him in and maybe he was just there to carry the torch onto Captain Marvel to bring her in eventually I don't know uh, yeah I mean like that kind of like ties into what I was thinking about these movies is that I'm super fuzzy with the timeline on these sometimes and that's why I don't tend to go back and watch these that often because it's kind of sometimes hard to piece together where this fits into the chronology of um the marvel movies because they're they're churning out these every six months Mm -hmm. you kind of get a little bit hazy about where this actually sits in that timeline so then just for the timeline as to like how in universe so obviously captain america and marvel um went through i all three iron mans have proceeded the um winter soldier two thors and one avenger so all of that has happened before Winter Soldier. Yeah, because they're building these big warships. It turns out S.H.I.E.L.D. are building these massive fucking airships that are, like, loaded with far too many fucking guns, but I don't know. Um, I, I guess that's because of the, the alien threat that yes. transpires in that first Avengers movie, right? Yeah, they put a quick line in it, um, or, or Nick says at some point, these, these turbines were, you know, Stark had some suggestions after he got a close look at our other ones, where he mm. was referencing to Avengers, which I thought was kind of fun but yeah they they kind of let you know where it is but not to the extent but the fact that they were trying to you know get these huge helicarriers after their first one fucking failed if at first you don't succeed try try again right um because why not yeah so cap goes to the smithsonian and he kind of like has to wallow in the fact that everybody he fucking cared about is dead which is that was so sad yeah it's a surprisingly sad beat in this film yeah that that felt like a back to the future two moment like the museum that's giving exposition it's like oh by the way if you hadn't seen the first movie here's a gloss a photo collage if you will of uh of the first movie and what happened yeah which is actually an interesting like way to bring that back in he has to watch like a cinema reel of his old girlfriend talking about getting married and Mm. stuff like that so then he goes to visit um old peggy played by Mm. Hayley atwell in some fairly convincing makeup i guess and those scenes are kind of heartbreaking when he's just kind of like sat with her and she's obviously you know on her way out and he's still there like the the peak of physical fitness that kind of sucks mm-hmm. could you imagine having to look at your significant other while you're all like wrinkly but then they're the like exactly the same way that you met them yeah i would that's be gonna suck right <laughs> yeah i'd be pretty yeah. distraught um but like the fact that she kind of goes into a, a fit and then forgets everything that absolutely broke my heart and him yeah. having to see her reaction over and over and over again probably in the same meeting sometimes where she's just so ecstatic to see him again that must have like that broke my heart too yeah um and then we get this uh shield security council meeting where they're all talking about these fucking helicarriers got some familiar faces on this uh security council we've got fucking alan dale who was in lost and more importantly he's jim robinson from the australian and soap opera neighbors 
<laughs> Shout out to that show. I can't imagine there's anything bad being written about that one recently. Spoilers, there has. Wasn't um the guy who played Thor, why is my brain melting? Um, Chris uh, Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth. Wasn't he? He was in an Australian soap opera. It wasn't I think Neighbors, though, it was, was either it? Neighbors or Home and Away he was in. They're like yeah. the two major exported ones. Um, yeah. A lot of people got their start in Neighbors. Guy Pierce was in Neighbors for a, a hell of a long time in the 80s. It has a great theme song. I'm pretty sure Russell Crowe was in it. So, yeah. Who? <laughs> yeah, Jared Butler was in it. It's kind of like how all these celebrities, all the celebrities that were in like General Hospital or uh, just all, yeah, you know what? It's definitely a thing, even on this continent. People getting their start in soap operas. Um, Jenny Agutter is on the Security Council as well from the Railway Children. Love her. And also, welcome to the movie, Robert Redford. Um, yeah. I actually fucking forgot Robert Redford was in this movie and I was browsing Disney Plus at the weekend getting ready to watch these Captain America films and I stumbled upon Quiz Show which is the 1994 movie that Robert Redford directed and it is one of the best films of the 90s so I ended up watching that mm. first. Um, <laughs> if you haven't seen Quiz Show, holy shit, see Quiz Show. It's such a fucking great film. I will check it out. Brought to you by Geritol. Um, Brought to you by Geritol. <laughs> just watch the movie, you'll get it um yeah this this okay so here's what i actually love about this movie this is like the least marvel marvel movie right yeah um this film is like a fucking political thriller from the 70s it's just kind of noisier and has a higher budget than a lot of those movies mm -hmm. like we get this scene where fury um he's about to be taken out right because he's on to the fact that there's something up going on with the security council um so fury's in the car and like these cops fucking pull up alongside him and you think oh shit they're just gonna like pull out a gun and pop him in the head I mean, it doesn't do that, right? It turns into this massive fucking noisy car chase. Yep. But just for a minute, I was like, oh, fuck, this is going to be, you know, if this was in the 70s, it would just be him walking through a park and some guy with a newspaper would just walk up behind him and whack him. I was kind of hoping yeah. they were going to do something like that, but... For for a split second, I was like, "Is Nick Fury getting racially profiled by the local well, cops?" Yeah, yeah, like, that's I mean, just I had a moment because he was like, "Want to see my lease or something like that?" And I was yeah. like, "Holy shit!" Yeah, the the car says something about how there is no uh, police presence yeah. in this area. Even though he's being pulled over. Yeah, just to drive home the point that it's not the actual cops that are, yeah. you know, they would never do that. But, yeah, that that was such a <laughs> cool kind of, like, um, I guess gadget type scene, in my opinion, where it wasn't necessarily him, but how he uses the car to his advantage. And He's got a fucking minigun in, like, the center island mm. of his car. It's insane. Yep. Like, Pretty I do not cool. have a minigun in my car. I have, I have parking tickets in my fucking center island. <laughs> like... Come on! It takes it takes many bullets and a battering ram to compromise the inte structural integrity of his car's windows. So he's but that's what make the scene so good because you're actually wondering like how much can this car take? Like yeah, exactly. I remember watching this in theater. Like I actually thought that they might kill him off. Like yeah, I was like worried for a bit. Something really quick, though, is that I noticed that um, his car took a fucking beating, like, just all this machine guns, and then yet um, Bucky can stand on somebody's, like, airplane and shoot using a handgun and go through that glass. I'm just like, they need to invest in whatever Nick Fury is having, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> like, shit. Yeah, and this is, this is where we meet the Winter Soldier in this scene, right? He, like, fucking pops up and he shoots a mine under fucking Fury's car and it explodes and you know we get a peek at his hockey hair yeah okay so 
like we we talked about it earlier, but did people know this was Bucky? Because I can't remember if I knew this was Bucky or not the first time I saw this. Uh, he has a recognized face, so like I guess there was no point where I was like that. Like I was like, oh, who could it be? Like I knew, and I don't remember how I knew. I just felt like that was just the case. I mean, I'm sure if you read the comics, you knew, right? But like, just to the average Joe Schmo cinema goer, was it like was it like a big reveal that this is? Oh fuck. But you see the top half of his face. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, to me, I was shocked. But I would imagine to people who saw trailers or anything, probably not. <laughs> I feel like I heard somebody mention it at some point. But also, having just watched the first one, it was like, it felt like I was watching one long movie. So the that reveal kind of made sense. Yeah, and I think for me, it, like, there couldn't have been any other choice that would make for, like, a more interesting story. Like, it was the perfect choice that it has to be his best friend. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that um, you're just weirdly going on on Megan's point of it being one long movie. I really love that it comes back. Like these movies were quite a bit apart. I can't remember how many like installments were in between, but it comes back and it feels like it fits like perfectly, and it's within this bigger picture. So I just always love the continuity within them, but also yeah, just being able to see you know like just the the scenes of uh, Bucky, and it's just. His his top face it you're just like oh shit and what's gonna happen why is he killing people and then you you know uh, at some point like he's going to meet up with cap and it's what's gonna happen is he gonna recognize him and everything's gonna be okay yeah okay i guess maybe that maybe that's what the bigger reveal is then is that it's not that it's bucky it's that he's evil bucky is yeah. kind of the is kind of the hook there, maybe. I mean, I wish uh, I wish they'd spent more time explaining what happened to Bucky in the intervening years, because the the explanation for all that is kind of rushed at the end, and it's like, oh yeah, by the way, <laughs> they do go into it in later movies, and they certainly go into it in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So Civil War is Civil where War, they, yeah. it really peaks because of um, the fact that at that point Cap is now laying on his life and his like identity and everything in order to save Bucky, who is maybe good maybe bad they're not quite sure has he really changed so that's where it all comes out but i i agree also he's so goth looking right he's like hell (laughs) yeah he's like a ninja goth it's crazy um (laughs) anyway fury manages to make it out and he makes it back to captain's apartment and um then he manages he gets fucking sniped out which is kind of what i wanted to see right like somebody just taking him out from an opposite building so we get like this chase scene where captain america's chasing after him um and then we we're we're led to believe that nick fury is deceased at this point Mm -hmm. honestly every time like it's an action scene like the action scenes in this movie are just like the best because even the chase scene when he's chasing down the winter soldier like just the little details of like how in order to get past quickly through a corner he just takes his shield smashes to kind of bounce off the wall and to head that direction i was like this is lovely we're like it, it feels like when you watch these movies sometimes with physics you're like whatever like it makes no <laughs> sense mm-hmm. but with this one i was like that it felt more grounded and more felt of the genre that I was trying to do because it kind of stayed in that realm of like a very personal fight. Yeah. Well, one of the things that they tried to do is keep everything very practical. So like the car chases were all practical. The stunts were done like with no CGI in mind. It was either like Chris and his stunt double or like Scarlett and her stunt double and they all worked together in order to make these like flow properly. Yeah. It's kind of weird how fluid the action is in this movie given that it's directed by 
by the Russo brothers because I don't know if you guys know this but like they'd only directed two movies before this neither of them were action films one of them was the 2002 George Clooney Sam Rockwell movie Welcome to Collinwood uh, and the the movie that they made prior to this one was You Me and Dupree what <laughs> the fucking Owen Wilson Kate Hudson fucking rom-com holy shit oh I've seen bits of that Ooh. but they also they have a background in TV like they uh they were producers on things like Arrested Development they directed a lot of episodes of Community I like I always forget Kobe Smulders is in these films as well playing Maria Hill I kind of feel like um oh, yeah. I wish she had a little more to do in these films but I, I'm assuming she was on like that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. TV show not really like the whole even that's like a whole other discussion where essentially that show had to like somehow deal with being involved with the marvel universe but the marvel universe never had to care about the show at all so like even for this show itself like there were like so many episodes in its first season that had to wait until winter soldier did its thing so that way because everyone knows what happens in this movie right it's a big reveal in this movie and they have to wait until that happened in order to have their plot progressed so they had like tons of episodes of filler just to get to that point Hmm. yeah and i mean that was kind of the problem with all those marvel shows around that period is like they were all kind of like flying all over the place on different networks you had the ones on like abc you had the Mm -hmm. netflix ones there was no kind of like um sinking amongst them and i think they've got that down pat now by just having them exclusively on disney plus i feel like uh one division is going to tie very directly into what happens in the movies in the future i kind of feel the same way about falcon and winter soldier as well is that this is all now kind of if not necessarily mandatory viewing i think it's gonna supplement the viewing quite nicely oh yeah it's clearly part of their next phase it's like even with like wandavision and and this one it like it's clearly setting up it's yeah it's wild it's wild that like they managed to create this whole actual universe where everything even sometimes it's end credits sets it up Mm mm-hmm sure the these these movies and those shows they're very big on the foreshadowing like i noticed there's a, a moment in here where they're they mentioned steve strange and this is like you know two three years before they made that doctor strange movie so mm-hmm. you know they had they have a definitive roadmap and i guess they're gonna fucking stick to it come hell or high war at this point yeah like i i was watching um i, I can't remember it's something on disney plus but basically it's how the mcu came to be and apparently um they were talking about how you know know um x-men and spider-man and uh fantastic four were ips that were already snatched up by other studios so they were like okay well what what can we kind of play with they're like okay iron man we can take hulk we can take captain america and like they were thinking about it and it's like oh shoot these are all the the characters from the avengers Mm -hmm. so apparently building this into this huge kind of thing was always their intention but they were kind of playing it by ear so it was iron man it's just like okay let's start off with tony let's see how that goes and no matter what happens you know whether or not you like tony stark people wanted to see what robert downey jr was going to do at the time yeah that's true you know like regardless they had the the captivation it's just like whether or not people would continue on with that once they had a success in, in Iron Man, that's when they were like, okay, Hulk. So they chose those two right off the bat. They're like, regardless, we're going to do these two. We'll see where they go. And then as soon as they knew that they were going to do a Captain America, that's when they were like, okay, Avengers. 
Yeah. No, yeah, it's the first time they, it was the first time they did the end credit because I remember with the end credit for that, that's when like Nick Fury walks in, and I felt like everyone who watched that movie in theaters probably lost their shit and be like, "What does this mean?" Yes. I mean, look, that first Iron Man movie, I don't love it, but I think the ballsiest fucking thing it did was casting Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. Oh yeah, absolutely. He was he was a fucking liability at that yep. point. Like, I mean, he was a few years clean by this point. Mm-hmm. But he has a pretty fucking long and storied history of mm-hmm. substance abuse and whatever, you know, and God bless him for fucking kicking that habit. Yeah. But I feel like that was kind of like a real ballsy move to cast him in that film because he wasn't a box office draw, you know, like the the most notable thing he did before that movie was Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, certainly like recently, which is a great film, but also was not a hit. And, you know, he just fucking, he took that role and he fucking ran with it. And Yeah. It would be like casting Charlie Sheen in something like that, <laughs> you know, celebrities where you're like, ah, ha, ha, what a drunk. And, and they're like, oh, you know, like get casting him as Iron Man, it's like oh, interesting. Oh my god, a Charlie Sheen Iron Man! I don't even want to <sighs> oh, fucking just... imagine. No, what I just like. I I I I'm half joking because I know Charlie Sheen can act. It's just it's like. Yeah. <laughs> but that being said, um, I've also seen a documentary or like an interview with RDJ and he was talking about that specific um, audition where he was like, I remember going into that and it's not like necessarily a cocky attitude, but this attitude of nobody else can play this role. And you can see that in his everywhere that he goes, like he comes out. I love his like suit with the red shirt and the the gold tie and he has his iron man like reactor glove thing and you just know he is tony so just to have that kind of confidence where you don't know what's gonna happen but fuck it nobody else can do it it's mine i just love that sentiment for him (laughs) didn't they basically write it with him in mind anyway the movie like wasn't he at the top of their list no he wasn't at the top of their list as far as i had heard no like the director or the owner of marvel or whoever at the time said keep him away from this movie damn he will not be here and so they said no for a long time and i think i I can't remember what happened but either he pushed back or the agency pushed back and they said just give him a shot and then never took never looked back from there yeah i mean look he's left a pretty big fucking hole for this whole universe to fill at this point and yeah (laughs) i kind of i'm kind of trying to figure out where they're gonna fill it because you know going forward from endgame we were down iron man we don't have captain america anymore and we're one black widow short so (laughs) i don't know i just kind of feel like it's going to be interesting to see what this next phase does in terms of like trying to fill that void yeah i could see strange oh really for some reason apparently i'm wondering if they're gonna do young avengers i i did hear that iron heart is gonna be featured so the female iron person yeah sure and i guess they've got like captain mar i mean i know people were kind of on the fence about captain marvel i like that movie just fine but i like that movie yeah Goose is great. Yeah, oh, I love that kitty cat. Um, <laughs> yeah, so basically, just before Fury dies, he tells um, he tells Steve Rogers, "Don't trust anyone." Yeah, uh, I love that. I love this whole kind of like Three Days of Condor shit that they're pulling here, where it's just like this sort of paranoid thriller. When Winter Soldier came out, was it was spoilers that bigger thing? Then I think when it hit Civil War, that's when I was like, "Oh, I should probably watch these earlier." Yeah, I, I think that regardless with the MCU, people have always been very passionate about you know no spoilers. I want it i want to experience that and i think that that's the difference between sure you can know the comic books you can know what's going on but can you be a part of that you know moment spoilers 
in Endgame where Steve holds up Mjolnir, right? Mm-hmm. And the whole audience erupts. Like, I will never experience that ever again. Yeah. But okay. the triumphantness and just that community was fucking bonkers, dude. The one thing I was so happy that you chose Winter Soldier is just because, yes, people can argue there's like a formula to it, but no one can deny that when you were in the theater with an audience, like watching Infinity Wars and Endgame, it was like a thing. Like every, like this very communal thing where like you can feel people crying, you can feel people laughing. And it's been a long time since I had that. Maybe the last time was like maybe like a quiet place just because it was a different type of format of seeing a movie (laughs) where everyone was quiet and then my stomach rumbled and i was like f i was fucking sitting next to you when that stomach rumbled man i was like you want some more popcorn (laughs) yeah but like it this like franchise it it built up to that very much cinematic movie history like if this is it was like like when is this going to be done again can they do this again for the next phase i don't know i remember after endgame i had friends checking in on me like (laughs) yeah i think we did we did i I checked in on you yeah i was like are you okay (laughs) are you okay that was brutal right and it's just like no no thanks for checking though and no i just i i think that's one of the things that i enjoy about these movies is that it's an experience it's not just like yeah it can be it can be just like a thing on the background sure and it ties back to the whole theme park thing right like it's like a shared experience rather than but the thing is with winter soldier though it did try something new and that's why it was like it's one of my favorite marvel like films uh, in its bare bones, it is a fucking paranoid kind of political thriller. And yeah, like I said, it has a load of shit blowing up, blah, blah, blah. But at the same time, this is, isn't a movie about like space monsters attacking the Earth or anybody yeah. time traveling or any of the kind of the wilder or magical elements of Marvel. This is just really just a fucking thriller at its core. One of the things that they were saying, too, is like when you have a, a beast of a character as Steve Rogers, right? Mm. You have to. To see how far you can push him so that was part of it is his personal journey it's not like physically sure you can have him holding on to a building and also a helicopter That's we all fun. enjoyed that scene we everybody enjoyed that scene that is good cinema right there swear to god this is biceps <laughs> the size of everyone's face i'm sorry oh god um go on <laughs> but <laughs> it's also those like personal beats where he starts to realize like everything that he knows is crumbling be- beneath him and it's just like where do you go where do you go who do you trust that whole line of just like don't trust anybody it comes down to the core where like one of the first person he goes to is sam yeah he's just like let's go bud you and me and I, I think that's why I really enjoyed the way that they introduced Sam Wilson as a character as well, is how he talked about, like, Steve was just about to walk away or whatever, and he's like, it's your bed, isn't it? You know, it's too soft. And you can tell in that moment, and then they go into a little bit more detail about how the fact that he deals with um, post-trauma, like, veterans. Yeah. And yeah. he's into that whole, like, dynamic, and he can help people. So I think that that was one of the things is that boom, that connection, that emotional instinct, where Steve's like, this guy gets it. Yeah. This was a very grounded film in comparison to the whole cinematic universe. And that's why I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Sure. Okay. So we get this fucking elevator fight scene. Oh. <laughs> 
where Captain America is in the elevator and he like notices like the beads of sweat on these guys that are in the elevator with him and just as it's going down more and more bad guys are just like piling into this elevator (laughs) and you know it's about to kick off and when it does it is so fucking awesome I like this is my probably my favorite scene in the movie actually is is this the part of the movie where they keep trying to tase him yeah that's right yes and at one point the guy like tases him in the balls and he still doesn't go down and he's like it feels kind of personal <laughs> yeah and i was like well yeah because you just taged him in the balls this is like staged like a fucking born movie this uh this fight yes. scene it's so good i love yeah. this and scene. he use and he keeps using his shield for everything yeah i'm all about um action scenes set in elevators you know so this scene really ticked all the boxes for me sorry this is a complete tangent but what the hell is another elevator fight scene um last action hero there's an awesome elevator scene where arnie is in the elevator yes and he's getting the shit shot no it's not in the mall it's uh, oh no no, you're you're thinking of true lies is the one where he's in the mall okay where no, wait, he there's... gets on the fucking horse and he's riding the horse in the elevator. Actually, I think I was thinking of Commando. Oh, but... Commando has a fucking elevator scene? Okay, <laughs> basically... There's elevator scenes in these Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. Basically, I love Arnie action scenes yeah. in an elevator. No, Last Action Hero is the one where he's getting like taken out by the fucking helicopter and like the elevator just yes. falls off the fucking building. Yes, yes, I remember Did that. I, no, now I feel like someone should do a super compilation. One day. Um, yeah. Anyway, we're digressing wildly into <laughs> other sorry. movies. I was just so curious. It's a great elevator scene. Lovely. Um, basically, so he, Steve Rogers has to go on the lam, right? Because he's now like a wanted man. Uh, and they're basically pinning Nick Fury's murder on him. Um, I love how they basically she's all that Chris Evans by disguising him by wearing the glasses and the cap. Yeah. And they make him go hang out in the fucking Apple store with Black Widow. Oh my God. That Aaron guy who comes up to him. It's like, I've been Aaron. And- and he like stares really close to see if he's like, oh, I have those glasses. <laughs> yeah. Um, I love that they're just hanging out in the mall. I'm kind of thinking like, are they going to like swing by Hot Topic in a minute and like check out the latest Corpse Bride merch? I would have loved that deleted scene. Oh my they're God. They're going to get like a fucking booster juice while they're there or something. I don't know. You're, you're just attacking me and I'm not a version <laughs> of that I'm because <laughs> literally my entire personality was just spoken how dare <laughs> booster juice and hot topic yes that is absolutely dude when i got a booster juice uh built beside my store it took me like a couple of weeks for them to know my order just by looking at me they're like Damn. Oh, strawberry sunshine again and i'm just like oh no <laughs> but that's why the scene was also fun to watch because like seeing a superhero in just like the mundane world of like our everyday mall Love it. Yeah, later on, in the, they 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 take a car, and she says, "Where did Captain America learn to steal a car?" And that's a reference to that older Captain America movie, where there's multiple instances where he pretends that he's sick, or he has to take a piss, or something. Like somebody, he gets a ride from somebody, and then he pretends to be sick, and he pulls the person pulls over, pretends to throw up, and then he like punches the dude out and steals his car. And he does it like twice. And this was like an early '90s Captain America. Oh movie yeah, or I remember. Like a really that? shitty. That was like a straight to video movie, right? I vaguely yes. remember that. Yeah. yeah, that was like a running gag in the film. I don't think it was meant to be a running gag, but it basically turned out. To I didn't. Be one I did not know that that was a reference to this. I'm um, pretty sure it's a reference. Oh, to this. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Off we go to uh, New Jersey because every exciting movie takes place in New Jersey. Where are you going on? Where are you going on your honeymoon? New Jersey. Awkward silence. Yeah, we get this uh, little imagined flashback of Dweeby Steve Rogers from the first movie. And look, I mm-hmm. gotta say, 
that fucking CGI they used to make uh, Steve Rogers look like a little nerd, it ain't great. He looks like Millhouse, for fuck's sake. Love it's, um... it. Big head, <laughs> tiny body. Yeah, in the first movie, they do a lot of artfully angled shots and like body doubles and stuff. I want to meet the person, though, that's like, hey, I was in a movie. Oh, what movie? I was the before for uh, Chris Evans. Yeah, <laughs> man. I'd be so impressed. <laughs> so sad. Would you for? Yeah. So yeah, they uh, they basically find this basement in New Jersey in the military barracks. Uh, just happens to have a USB port in there. So they plug this thing in. Um, Black Widow makes a War Games reference here that I kind of enjoyed. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then Steve's like, yeah, 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 I watch it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love how he just kind of bats <laughs> it away. Um, and then, holy shit, we get Toby Jones as a fucking AI, which is kind of cool. Uh, love some Toby Jones. Creepy. Um, he's transcended himself into all these fucking data banks, I guess. Quite the character actor, isn't he? He's in a lot of stuff. Yeah, he's fucking great. He's, yeah. If you've ever seen, or if you've never seen a movie called Barbarian Sound Studio, oh, Toby Jones is so good in that film. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, digressing again um mm-hmm. we find out that hydra still exists despite the fact that steve rogers thought he snuffed them out back in the 1940s yeah and this, then we get this reveal that redford is the bad guy i mean again this kind of feels like it wasn't really much of a stretch to mm-hmm. to figure out that redford was uh the bad dude here mm-hmm. yeah he shoots his maid which is just fucking rude you know that was <laughs> you have to walk in Blam! i mean to like for like stakes wise or establish a villain it's, an, it's annoying but it's an effective way because you realize how cutthroat he is or how cutthroat hydra is mm-hmm. yeah sure because it could have been like i guess if for people that weren't like who've missed the first one <laughs> i was like oh this is how bad hydra is is that they're willing to like kill their friends yeah uh, and then we also get fucking Gary Shandling in this movie for some I reason. I thought that was him. I was trying to look it up on IMDb. I'm like, is that Gary yeah. Shandling? I couldn't find him on the cast list or whatever. Fucking I was like, what Larry is happening? Larry Sanders himself. R.I.P. to that guy. Very weird kind of cameo. But um... Yeah, so S.H.I.E.L.D. bombs that place. They go to meet up with Sam. Um, and, you know, basically they say, hey, everybody we know is trying to kill us. And he's like, not everyone like the cool guy Sam is. And then they lay low at his place um yeah i mean i i like anthony mackie in this movie i mean i like anthony mackie in general he's in a lot of good stuff and he's like a really fucking solid lead in the uh the falcon and winter soldier show as well oh, I hell feel like yeah. he's anchoring that show i was watching uh the hot ones interview with him recently Okay. And one of the things that he was talking about is how he finds that his, like, he really is glad that he went to Juilliard for his training because of the fact that now he can play, like, um, all the different... Did you know he was in the uh, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter? No! I did not. I fucking forgot about that. <laughs> did you know that movie's on fucking Disney Plus as well? Because oh I saw it when God, I was... Oh God, really? Yeah. But he was referencing that a lot, and I'm just like, holy shit, you get to play that and then you also get to play falcon like you know so he was just talking about the range of of things that he he would play and i just thought that that was fascinating <laughs> yeah he's in um he's in a really good movie that came out a couple of months ago called synchronic mm. which is made by um, the two guys that made the endless which is like one of my favorite movies of recent years he's really good in that it's him and jamie dorn and it's like this weird kind of time travel sort of drug abuse movie it's very strange but mm. very cool but yeah mackie's fucking great in that as well 
Uh, but yeah, so it turns out that basically Steve Rogers was right. These warship, warships are like bad news. So they've like kidnapped this baldy guy that's like part of Hydra, right? And they're like extracting mm-hmm. info from him. Black Widow kicks him off a fucking building, which is kind of like a nice touch. Yeah, oh yeah. And then obviously Falcon flies in and stops him from dying. But then like literally minutes later when they're in the car, this guy dies a real fucking indignant death because the Winter Soldier just yoinks him out of the car and tosses him in front of a fucking truck. I was like, uh, sucks to be you, baldy. Yeah. Those are the most surprising ways to kill off a character like i was literally shocked i was like oh i guess that's how he's gonna go mm-hmm. yeah i mean this film doesn't fuck around with killing people it has makes no bones about it it's, it just feels like a lot kind of i don't want to use the word silly but it feels a lot less silly than some of those mcu films right well yeah no i agree it has it has more of an edge to it so they do kind of use the the shield as a like a snow uh like a slide where um cap like uses it to jump onto that that God, I'm missing words right now. The car door, and then they go sliding across of it. Oh, so that's right. He yeah, kind of yeah, uses yeah. it to brace, so it's not directly the... The all-purpose shields. Yeah, yeah right? I gotta get one of those things. Fucking hell. Is it microwavable? Probably not. Dishwasher safe. <laughs> uh, yeah, so then we get the fucking revelation that the Winter Soldier is Bucky, and Cap sees him, you know, it catches him off guard, and they end up getting pinched by uh, Frank Grillo and all his dudes. Um, but hey, here's Maria Hill dressed as a Hydra agent, and we find out also that Nick Fury is alive. I also have to give, like, you have to commend, like, Black Widow, because she gets, like, when, like, Captain America gets hurt, whatever is super serum, but, like, when, like, Black Widow gets shot, you're like, ooh, like, you feel her in pain. Oh yeah, she takes a bullet in this one. It's pretty harsh. Yeah. And we find out that like Robert Redford's character, I forget his name, is it Pierce? I think it's Pierce, right? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. He's yep. like electroshocking Bucky um, the moment he starts like questioning his origins and stuff like that, which is just fucking brutal. Even though you kind of like rush past it, didn't it? Like if you like had a different music to when his mask fell, it would be very romantic. <laughs> you think? They could have maybe... I'm sure somebody on the internet has done that, right? Roddy, are you a Stucky fan? Yeah, is that what it's called? Yeah, Stephen Bucky, Stucky. Mm. I mean, yes, in an alternate universe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Where they make a home together. Uh, they use the <laughs> they use the shield for, like, more playful things. As like, oh, you need some shade in this hot sun. He just puts the shade on top. Oh my They're gosh. just in a park tossing it around like a frisbee. Yeah, yes. Sure, why not? There you go. The fact that Steve keeps talking about having to go back because he has a dance with someone, it's actually Bucky. See? Oh my god. Amazing. Love it. <laughs> the scene where he's tackling Bucky to the ground and like uh he's like, No, no, or something like that. I was like, it I was like, why do I feel like this is like a dude like trying to shove a pill in a dog's mouth and just like, <laughs> no, come here. What are you eating? Come what here. are you eating? <laughs> Give it to me. Calm down. <laughs> but, like, I think that's the fun part of the friendship, though. Because, like, I feel it. We all have that person or friend that does ridiculous things. And you're like, don't do that. Don't. Stop it. Stop it. Don't. And they're like, and they continue to egg on. So that's their relationship. I agree. So, yeah, they hatch this plan to basically stop these warships becoming operational, which involves them, like, breaking into S.H.I.E.L.D.'s HQ. Uh, and fucking hell, we get a cameo from Danny Pudi here. Um, Abed himself playing a Hydra tech guy. I mean, okay. Something dawned on me watching this, right? The bad guy, Robert Redford, he's mm-hmm. called Pierce, right? <laughs> uh, is this whole movie taking place in Abed's head? Yes. Maybe. 
Is Jeff Winger actually Captain America? And Troy is Falcon? And Britta is Black Widow? And Annie is actually Maria Hill? And is Samuel L. Jackson's character actually Shirley? I was kind of thinking, is this actually just a fucking community episode stretched out to two hours? It makes sense, right? The Russos directed a fuckload of episodes of Community. Well, it's six seasons in a movie, right? Was this the movie? It's an RPG session <laughs> where they're playing... There was a Marvel There was a Marvel RPG, I'm pretty sure. I will say one, once it gets to that next scene where they're all in that where like he has control of like the communication tech i i'm not as a fan of the third act no really? and look and yeah. and this is this is my problem with fucking marvel movies in general um and as people who know me will know that i've griped about this a lot mm-hmm. these movies invariably always end up with big things crashing down towards the ground in mm-hmm. their third act and i kind of just it's usually the point where I fucking tap out of these movies, right? But up to the point, such great scenes. Like, the part where they're in that room and they're, like, revealing the fact that, like, Hydra is among us. The tension is, like, so high. <laughs> yeah, because it turns into, like, a Mexican standoff in, like, the control room, right? Like, everybody's, like, everybody's pointing a gun at each other. Yeah. And at, at this point, too, you've seen people, like, die so quickly that you're, like, yeah. wondering, like, who's going to die? Some, someone has to die at this scene. Yeah, so basically Scarlett Johansson disguises herself as Jenny Agar, which, you know, makes a change from her disguising herself as Asian people. <laughs> like I say, this whole thing just kind of starts becoming, like, crashy boom boom bang bang and i'm yep. sort of tapping out at this point but the fight between cap and bucky when they're fighting on this glass floor i got a little queasy looking at that oh. i just had like flashbacks to that glass floor in the cn tower i can like barely stand on that fucking thing i don't know one of the things that i actually kind of love is the fight between uh Romoff and um falcon yeah like in the actual thing because mm-hmm. that's kind of fun where you just know that they're not there's nothing to it <laughs> it's just going to be them fighting each other they're not just they're not super powered they're just yeah. two guys brawling yeah and then the um him running out and them saying like wait what floor are you on he's like 41st and uh the fact that Nick Fury turns the helicopter, like, this is some Fast and Furious shit, and I guess that's mm-hmm. why I'm into it. But he turns yeah. the fucking helicopter and he catches Sam as he, like, jumps out of the building. That stuff was great. I said 41st floor. And he's just like, they don't have the numbers written on the outside of the building. <laughs> no, I think, yeah, I love that scene. I think for me, it's just when it came to the point, like, there are three helicarriers and we have to get three of them down and we have to start insert this thing. Like, it's the one where, like, it's the one where, like, okay, I get it. It's like it's just it's what has to be done. But when it comes to like the little moments when like Buggy and Winter Soldier are fighting, like I'm all for it because it has that trope of like you're talking about like I'm not gonna fight you, and they get beat down, and they still be like I'm not gonna fight you. Like that's a scene that happens in like what's it called Sailor Moon, where like she's talking to like uh, I know it all tuxedo match, like I won't, and she gets hurt, I won't, and like for some reason it's such an effective trope to see someone stand by their values. A fight like that means means more when there's some kind of tension between the characters the characters know each other and there's a tension right so like that's why the fight between cap and bucky is so much more interesting it's true that fight could have happened anywhere it could happen i don't know why i'm saying the first thing comes to mind it could happen yeah. at a sauna it could happen at a, <laughs> a sauna oh my god roddy you, you said like no it. pants you said no pants <laughs> 
<laughs> well, I well, mean, can I get you guys? You're the new Russo brothers. I'm not on. I'm not unhappy that you put that image in my mind. It's just interesting that that's where you went. I was going to say like that. a Denny's first, but I was like, okay. <laughs> oh man, if this took place in a, in a Denny's, Ooh. hell yeah. Oh my god. There's just like pancakes flying around. Hell people kicking yeah. fucking sausages at each other. Yes, there needs to be more uh action hero sequences that take place in trashier uh settings hey 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 so hey, much hey, hey 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 let's let's ease up on that trashy danny's talk okay <laughs> it's so great instead of three helicarriers clashing down it's like you we need to eat three stacks of these pancakes before <laughs> we don't know before the timer runs out yeah. <laughs> holy shit i'm not gonna fight you it's just like him like scarfing down some pancakes in his mouth <laughs> Did one of the Deadpool movies have a scene in a sauna? Is that a thing that happened? Uh, yeah, so it's in the start of Deadpool 2. There's a scene where he's just okay, like... Okay, no, this is the next test. What are the scenes and fight scenes that happen in saunas? Oh, okay. So Eastern Promises, the Cronenberg movie, has the ultimate fucking sauna fight scene, which, Laura, mm-hmm. you're going to fucking eat this one up. You see some Vigo Mortensen dong in that fucking really? scene. Ooh, yeah, really? Really? Get on it. Ooh, get on shit. it get on it literally yeah. well <laughs> either way that movie on so anyway yeah. so anyways after winter soldier and captain becker have this sauna fight <laughs> what happens next i do, just want to just want to say like um nick fury straight up shoots robert redford in the oh, chest so and it's fucking, oh, yes it's fucking brutal but also kind of great that he just takes him the fuck out i i kind of also like that because i think um natasha grabs like some shock thing and like short circuits everything yeah she tasers herself yeah and then you think like holy shit is is she okay and then she just goes ow (laughs) those things suck when she takes that taser i'm like oh i fucking felt that one of the things that i remember being obsessed with when i was younger were taser knuckles oh yeah those basically brass knuckles but they're tasers Mm -hmm. on the end um not legal in canada but you can make those with a couple of rings and a nine volt battery Ooh, fun please don't try that at home you could just get a joy buzzer and put it on the outside of your fingers it wouldn't be quite the same thing but... <laughs> this is a complete tangent and you probably will just remove this but like i just want us to meet how if we all could meet in our teen years how would that happen because like you were talking about like taser knuckles i was like i was looking for obscure asian movies and weird like going to like Asian malls trying to find them, and you were looking for taser knuckles. Yeah. I was like, we, are, we were so different back then. But I, I would have vibed with you, though, because I feel like that was something that I was looking for, too. But taser knuckles, for a while, was, like, above all else. So, obviously, Marvel, to get Laura really into your next movie, just have one of the characters have uh, taser knuckles. Hell yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> um yeah so afterwards uh the whole thing crashes and then you see oh one of the lines they refer back to where steve is being like bucky's beating the shit out of him because he's like i don't know you i don't know you and steve is just like Mm -hmm. keep going man because whatever i'm i'm with you till the end of the line and i was just like no (laughs) yeah so um yeah then it crashes bucky saves cap at the end of it oddly touching this moment where he pulls him out of the water i was kind of like oh he drags him up on shore and leaves him so that he can breathe and then just walks away do best friends always have a saying because like i don't know do i have a two i'm with you to the end of the line like i don't say that to you guys what does that mean sorry you should start saying that to us well we don't live in a movie so fine i won't i won't try to have a catchphrase Fine. None of us have catchphrases. Can we try? 
No. Uh, <laughs> I mean, if you want. I mean, my catchphrase is probably just going to be me cursing, probably, because right. it's just going to be what I do. We can just lot. take it from all the bad movies we watched these past couple of months and use it, like, take a great line. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. A wrap up coming up. <laughs> all right, new. I'm missions. sure we. I'm sure we all have shit that we've said over and over and over and over again in this podcast. We should have like counters. As somebody that edits this podcast and listens to you guys saying stuff, yeah, like three times in a row in the space of a minute. Yeah, you do. But anyway, um... <laughs> great. Speak for yourself. I'm with you to the end of the line now. I'm just gonna drop that in from time to time, please. <laughs> Sure, we're end of line bros. Um, yeah, this movie kind of this movie wraps up with um, Captain America making this resolution that he's going to go after Bucky, while Nick Fury is kind of like sloping off into the background. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and then we get this fucking mid credit sequence that introduces two characters that are going to be a lot more prominent as these movies go on. We get to see Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver. Is that Elizabeth Olsen playing Scarlet Witch at the end of this movie? Yeah. Yes, I was kind of squinting. I was like, eh, "It doesn't look like." I her. didn't realize there was a mid credit. Oh, there's a there's a mid credit to the end, and then there's an end credits. Yeah, there's the end credits with uh, Bucky. Yeah, we get this little shot of Bucky going to the Smithsonian as well. Well, we see Natasha in court, and she was like, "Oh, I'm not going to jail because you need us." And I'm like, "Wow, that's uh... that's the kind of confidence that you need to have every single day." That's a lot, <laughs> Bob. Yeah, and then I guess that kind of wraps up the movie. Um, yeah, I had a lot of fun watching this one you know complaints about the third act aside i was kind of i was into this movie watching it again way more than i was the first time uh would you guys recommend this yes but now i want the no pants version <laughs> no pads version that's an important version that movie would make so much money just like how that cats movie with um is there another version of cats where you see their butts no it, i think what? that are you talking about the butthole cut where they claim that there was a version that had the little pink buttholes in the, on the CGI cat butts? So yes, Captain America Winter Soldier released the butthole cut. Jesus. Wow. I'm learning a lot about Roddy. I was, t- I was talking complex last week with the sunset. Now I can go all... <laughs> Roddy, I think we just found your catchphrase. <laughs> release the captain america butthole cut i also get that trending (laughs) get it fucking trending people oh my god can i get that on a shirt for roddy no i can't wear i can't wear that anywhere you can wear that everywhere i think we found our first piece of merch show us captain america's butthole is oh you should wear that to network so then you can actually get that you know taken seriously yeah because this is something the world needs is the butthole edition ah i didn't know it would end up here talking about winter soldier but here we are. Well, you should have known. I brought it up. Saunas, I don't know what was with me today. Yeah. Anyways, Nath, you were saying? <laughs> no, I was just asking if you guys would recommend it. But, um, yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, okay, I'm going to recommend this as well. This movie is a lot of fun. Chris Evans is just, like, super charismatic. Uh, it made me appreciate this whole kind of trilogy of Captain America movies a lot more. I think Civil War is also really fucking solid, and there's a lot of... It gets kind of... It gets a little messy when they start, like, fucking throwing each other around at the end of that movie, too. But, again, you know, tons of fun to be had with this one. I really dig, like, the political thriller vibe of this film as well. Mm -hmm. and it kind of makes me want marvel to sort of branch out more in terms of genre i mean there's like rumblings that um that new doctor strange movie is going to be like a straight up horror movie yeah i heard that too Uh, i'm very curious to see how that plays out yeah that's interesting it just depends on who's on top like it's the same like it was a different it was owned by 
people that were different, but like New Mutants. Mm-hmm. I remember wanting that yeah. to be something different, and it wasn't. Oof. But hopefully, once they get out of the way, all of these kind of origin stories, they can go ahead and like do something different. That's like WandaVision so interesting. Like that wasn't really an origin story. We had several movies before to kind of catch up to speed, mm-hmm. and then we get to just see more of her. Well, one of the things that I loved with um, Civil War is when they didn't give Peter an origin story, because they're like, no, everybody knows. We're, we're moving on. Yeah, that was a smart decision. And I, I agree. That was great. It's just like you see the original you know scene with tony and it's just hey kid get in the car let's go and he's just like cool sounds great <laughs> and by that time we had two versions already that we've seen the original so i was like we don't, we don't we don't need to see this again if they continue on like that where they're just like you know what people know let's go it'll be fun and this is the problem every time they fucking kick out a new batman movie and i'm praying to god that this our pat's batman movie does not do this our bats we don't uh, our bats i love it uh, <laughs> we don't fucking need another go around of batman's origin we fucking get it already okay yeah just give me the batman shit already yeah i was i'm curious for this next phase because it is introducing a lot of new superheroes so i'm wondering will they be kind of stuck doing the whole origin formula before they could go ahead and do something different i think they're gonna have to because like to a lay person like me that doesn't really follow these comics all that closely anymore mm. i know fuck all about the eternals so Same, you're yeah. gonna have to you're gonna have to lay Same. some groundwork there for me to get on board with that mm-hmm. movie. Mm-hmm. Guardians of the Galaxy did pretty well though. Was it quite an origin story there? They kind of just jumped right in. Yeah, they tiptoed around it, but then they had the short scene where they introduced Quill, and then they kind of weirdly enough, um, I mean, I guess the origin story as to how the Guardians of the Galaxy got together, not so much mm. um, how Quill came yeah. to be Star Lord. You learn that one in the second Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, the it it rather than doing a flashback or a prologue, they just explain his origins via his relationships to the characters around him and just smart referentially. Uh, and it's done pretty well, actually. And I kind of feel like um, Captain Marvel did a good job of that as well. I agree. Where mm. the origin story was kind of the crux. She was actually figuring out her origins at the same time as the audience mm. were, and it's kind of like. That felt like a fairly different take on it. Yeah, that doesn't happen very often at all. It's, you're usually like through the secondary or the tertiary. That's why those characters are so important is they're the world building. But like with Captain Marvel, you were just like, oh, what happened? And she's like, oh, yeah, let's find out. <laughs> who am I? Yeah. I think I know who I am, but apparently that's wrong. So yeah. Um, okay. That was our episode on Captain America, the Winter Soldier directed by the Russo brothers. Next week on the show, well, you know what? We're going to do something a little different next week. I don't want to say yet what we're doing, but I will just suggest that if you are listening next week, wear your tuxedo or your fancy dress for (laughs) this one. Aw, I'm excited. Until then, you can find us on Twitter at Bad Numbers Pod. We are on Insta at BWM Pod, or you can email the show at BWMPod at Gmail. We've been bad with numbers from Toronto, Canada. Stay safe out there. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.